hello and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker. I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome right back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain from Disorder by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Anti-fragility is beyond resilience or robustness. The resilient resists shocks and stays the same. The anti-fragile gets better. The anti-fragile loves randomness and uncertainty, which also leads crucially a love of errors, a certain class of errors. It has a singular property of allowing us to deal with the unknown, to do things without understanding them and do them well. Let's be even more aggressive. We are largely better at doing than we are at thinking, thanks to anti-fragility. Talib says, I'd rather be dumb and anti-fragile than extremely smart and fragile anytime. Anything that has more upside than downside from random events or certain shocks is anti-fragile. The reverse is fragile. This is the tragedy of modernity, as with neurotically overprotected parents. Those trying to help are often hurting us the most. You get pseudo-order when you seek order. You only get a measure of order and control when you embrace randomness. Simplicity has been difficult to implement in modern life because it is against the spirit of a certain brand of people who seek sophistication so they can justify their profession. Less is more and usually more effective. Talib produces a small number of tricks, directives and interdicts how to live in a world we don't understand or rather how to not be afraid to work with things we patently don't understand and more principally in what manner we should work with these or even better how to dare to look our ignorance in the face and not be ashamed of being human be aggressively and proudly human but that may require some structural changes Talib suddenly realized one day that fragility, which had been lacking a technical definition, could be expressed as what does not like volatility. And that what does not like volatility does not like randomness, uncertainty, disorders, stressors, etc. George Satayana said, a man is morally free when he judges the world and judges other men with uncompromising sincerity. This is not just an aim, but an obligation. Our minds cannot easily understand the complicated responses. We think linearly. And these dose-dependent responses are not linear. Our linear minds 
do not like nuances and reduce the information to the binary harmful or helpful. There is a different, stronger variety of anti-fragility linked to evolution that is beyond hormesis. Actually, very different from hormesis. It is even its opposite. It can be described as hormesis, getting stronger under harm. When you're fragile, you depend on things following the exact planned course, with as little deviation as possible. For deviations are more harmful than helpful. This is why the fragile needs to be very predictive in its approach. And conversely, predictive systems cause fragility. When you want deviations and you don't care about the possible dispersion of outcomes that the future can bring, since most will be helpful, you are anti-fragile. Further, the random element in trial and error is not quite random. If it is carried out rationally using error as the source of information in every trial, and if every trial provides you with information about what does not work, you start zooming in on the solution. So every attempt becomes more valuable and more like an expense than an error. And of course, you make discoveries along the way. What did not kill me, did not make me stronger, but spared me, because I am stronger than others. But it killed others, and the average population is now stronger because the weak are gone. The surviving cohort clearly is stronger than the initial one, but not quite the individuals. Since the weaker ones died, someone paid the price for the system to improve. The mother of all harmful mistakes, mistaking absence of evidence of harm for evidence of absence. A mistake that we will see tends to prevail in intellectual circles and one that is grounded in the social sciences. It is hard to explain to naive data-driven people that risk is in the future, not in the past. Medical errors still currently kill between three times as accepted by doctors and ten times as many people as car accidents in the United States. It is generally accepted that harm from doctors, not including risks from hospital germs, accounts for more deaths than any single cancer. The methodology used by the medical establishment for, for decision-making is still innocent of proper risk management principles. But medicine is be getting better. We have to worry about the incitation to over-treatment on the part of pharmaceutical companies, lobbies, and special interest groups, and the production of harm that is not immediately salient and not accounted for as an error. The argument is not against the notion of intervention. In fact, we should be equally worried about under-intervention when it is truly necessary. We should simply be aware of the naive intervention and lack of awareness and acceptance of harm done by it. We need to avoid being blind to the natural anti-fragility of the systems, their ability to take care of themselves, 
and fight our tendency to harm and fragilize them by not giving them a chance to do so. Indeed, as in medicine, we tend to over-intervene in areas with minimal benefits and large risks, while under-intervening in areas in which intervention is necessary, like emergencies. Both governments and universities have done very, very little for innovation and discovery precisely because in addition to their blinding rationalism behavior to get complicated, to get lurid, to get newsworthy, to get narrated, to get scientific and grandiose, you see, simplicity still does not lead to laurels. If you sit with the pencil and jot it down, all the decisions you've taken in the past year, or if you could in your lifetime, you would realize that almost all of them have had asymmetric payoff, with one side carrying a larger consequence than the other. You decide principally based on fragility, not probability. Or to rephrase, you decide principally based on fragility, not so much on true-false. People think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things we have done. Innovation is saying no to 1,000 things. Steve Jobs. If those delivering some messages deemed valuable for the long term have been prosecuted in the past history, one would expect that there would be a correcting mechanism that intelligent people would end up learning from such historical experiences, so those delivering new messages would be greeted with the new understanding in mind. But nothing of the sort takes place. This lack of recursive thinking applies not just to prophecy, but to other human activity as well. Please, do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Thank you. Love and respect.